It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the weekly college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel of Bearcat Journal, Brady Labor from the NKU TV Network, and via phone, Rick Broering from Musketeer Report and the NKU Radio Network heading up to Indianapolis for NKU's Horizon League semifinal game on Monday night against Green Bay, but we are going to talk first and foremost about the Xavier Musketeers falling short against uh, Butler 72-71 on senior night. Uh, It's put them in a precarious spot, not an awful spot, but a precarious spot. Uh, Let's start with this, Rick. Um, Based on that loss, and now they will play Butler, do they have to beat DePaul? Or DePaul, rather, excuse me. Do they have to beat DePaul to really seal the deal? And if they lose to DePaul, is it a sweat or are they out? I think they'd be well well advised to beat DePaul um, if they want to feel good about things. Now, if you actually look at resumes and, and break things down of, of who would be trying to jump them, I still think they have a better resume than all of those teams. But at the same time, if you lose the last three games of the year, including a game on a neutral site to DePaul, you don't control your own destiny. And it'd be fine with me if the committee wanted to to have them out of the tournament and leave them out. That would that would make sense to me. So I think you, you should win the game against DePaul, and, and then at that point, they're definitely in. All right, the, the, the loss to Butler, the way it happened, Kamar Baldwin goes off for 29 in the second half, makes the three. Um, how much of that is a tip of the cap to Butler and Kamar Baldwin? How much of that is you needed to find a way to adjust defensively in the second half against him, and especially in that final possession? Well, the defense wasn't good the entire second half, and then that play specifically – is just so, I guess, emblematic of this year's team. It's your senior and your junior is playing a final game, apparently, if you believe his Instagram story posted right. earlier in the day, um, who are supposed to be your leaders, completely breaking down and failing you in the biggest moment of the game by not understanding a ball screen coverage that they have been working on and have had the same ball screen coverages since they got to Xavier. I mean – That is the exact reason for why this team is in the position it's in and even on the bubble right now. It's because they continuously have mental lapses like that, and it's their star players who are usually responsible for them. Najee Marshall, as you mentioned, did have kind of a, I don't know if it was cryptic, it was pretty definitive, I guess, that he's playing his final game yeah, at, at Xavier. Uh, yeah, I guess the it's cryptic. Very clear. I would say the cryptic part of it, I guess the only cryptic part is, did he mean he's going somewhere else or is he going professional? So what what did you make out of what he what he put on Instagram slash Twitter on, on Saturday night? Look, I mean, uh, you know, people inside want a little spin control and wanted to say, oh, if you believe that's what he meant, so be it, but. Um, maybe he really just meant this year and all this and that. But, like, let's be honest. We all know what that meant and what it was about. And um, it kind of seemed like he wanted the fans to acknowledge that that was going to be his last game at Xavier, too. Um, I don't have a big problem with what he did. It's probably a little bit of a selfish move to do that on your your teammate's senior day. Um, But at the same time, like, my issue – would only be if Xavier's trying to downplay it and tell people they shouldn't be talking about it like it's not a storyline. It's like, well, he posted it and made it a storyline. It's, it's public consumption at that point, and people are definitely going to talk about it considering he's the best player on your roster. So I think it's totally fair to, to be discussed, but I don't have a huge issue with him acknowledging the fact that he's probably not coming back. How much does Xavier's potential success or lack of in the Big East tournament hinge on 
Paul Scruggs' return. And, and talking to a couple people today, I was at the Centos Center. They sounded like he would be ready to go, but um, obviously that's never going to be definitive when you're talking about a hamstring issue. Um, but how much of their success is going to hinge on that? They're 0-2 without him. Well, I mean, they're definitely a, a better team with Paul Scruggs than without him. I I think they would have had a better chance to win both of the last two games uh, had, had he been in the lineup. But at the same time, um, you know, he, he turns the ball over a ton and, and has some of the same issues that all the other guys have too. So it's not like they're a completely different team with him on the floor. They have a lot of similar pieces. Um, so they're not terrible without him. At the same time, they don't become a whole lot better with him. Uh, he does make a, a difference, though. Right, let's look at the Big East tournament very quickly. Um, the team to beat is? Creighton, in my opinion. I, I think if you're looking for the dark horse, it's Providence. They've been playing well towards the end of the year, and they always seem to kind of do well in this thing. But to me, Creighton is playing better than anyone else in the conference right now. Yeah, I, I, was a little, I thought it was a little weak rushing the floor on, on Saturday. That was a little much for me when Creighton won. Fair but, enough. Yeah, okay, you, you won and all that stuff. They also haven't been to the Sweet 16 since, like, the Carter administration. <laughs> So, will they rush the floor on a neutral site when that happens? Oh, wait a minute. There will be no fans because there's going to be no fans at the NCAA tournament game. Correct. So, there, there is there is. The Kyle that. Corver days were a lot of fun up there. Yes, they were. Um, he, he could shoot it just a little bit. Um, if I were to give you a percentage chance of Xavier winning this, it would be less than 10%, less than 5%, or a puncher's chance just because of this league? No, nah, I'm going to say less than 10%. I, I just don't see it. I, I think this league is really tough. I just don't think this Xavier team scores nearly well enough to make that type of run. And in addition to that, they haven't really hit that second gear or um, level of focus that they found late in the season last year when they made their run. This year's group hasn't seemed to lock in like that, so they're still having too many lapses defensively, even though they're playing at an elite level a lot of times on that end. Uh, it, it just hasn't been there in critical moments against other good teams. All right, well, we've got you, and obviously Brady Labor's here as well. Let's talk NKU playing in the semifinals of the uh, the Rising League tournament on Monday night. A win gets them to the championship game on Tuesday night, likely against Wright State, but not definitive, but uh, most likely. I'll start with, with you, Rick. Um, where NKU sits now, here we are. I mean, it's been a long wait, and, and things have shaken out, and we've seen this Horizon League tournament blow up completely where the 8-9 seeds are playing for the final. It's been chalky to this point. Now that we're there, do we expect it to be chalky in the semis and into the final? Uh, I, I mean, I think there's a good chance that it will be, mainly because I think NKU and Wright State are clearly the two best teams in the conference. Uh, that being said, the, the teams that they're going against aren't slouches, and they've proven even during the course of the regular season. I mean, you look back to that Green Bay game at NKU where they kind of uh, smacked the Norse around a little bit. It's it's certainly possible that there could be an upset. So um, you can't take anything for granted in this year's Horizon League. There's been, I think, the middle of the pack in the conference definitely improved this year. At the same time, I certainly expect it to be Wright State and NKU without question. Uh, Brady, this Green Bay team, as, as Rick mentioned, I mean, they 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 did split with, with NKU this year, beat them in their place, and NKU went and beat them in, in Green Bay. How much of this is just simply a style of play differential between NKU and Green Bay? Personally, I think it's a lot of it. I think NKU has to control the pace. They can't let Green Bay just rip and run, which is 
what Link Darner's entire style is. So if they can slow down the pace, and I'm not talking about stall ball or anything like that, I think all they really want to do is make it a half-court game and try to force Green Bay into going deep in shot clocks, but they don't have to do that every single possession. So as long as Northern Kentucky forces Green Bay to play the pace that they're willing to play, which is half-court sets, getting out in transition, and not just an entire you know racetrack kind of mentality. I think Northern Kentucky has a great chance to win. Rick, when, when you look at, at this matchup and, and kind of look ahead, how much do you – I don't say fear. How much would you worry if you're, if you're Darren Horn of his team now that it's down to four and Wright State's on the other side of – Man, we, we, we got to beat Wright State. We got to beat Wright State. Well, you got to get to Wright State before you can beat Wright State. Well, I think, in a weird way, the fact that they did lose to Green Bay on their home court helps them in this semifinals matchup because there's no way that they're going to be looking past them. I think they have a lot of respect for their unique style of play and how it contrasts against the way they want to do things. And they did a much better job at Green Bay and played their style and, and imposed their will. And obviously having Dantes Walton back in the mix helped in that game. He had a really good second half up there. Um, so I, I don't think they'll look past them at all. I think they're going to come out pretty focused and ready to play. My bigger concern, though, Skinny, is can they make a shot? I mean, they've just been right. struggling so much from the outside over the last month plus of the season that that's my biggest concern. Sometimes the game becomes really simple when you can't make a wide open jumper. And at times this team has really, really struggled with that. Yeah. All right, Rick, we appreciate it. Thanks for the stuff on, on both Xavier and NKU. We'll listen for you on the call on Monday. And I'm sure you're hoping Tuesday as well. And maybe in the NCAA tournament, and maybe you're going to have two NCAA tournament teams to cover and maybe you'll have none, Rick. Well, let's hope it's the uh, former as opposed to the latter. But either way, I'll enjoy the uh, tournament. Yeah. So you guys do the same. Thanks. And right. I'll talk to you later. Good deal. We'll talk to you, uh, Rick Boring, next Sunday on Selection Sunday. Rick Boring from the NKU Radio Network and Musketeer Report. Right, let's move to UC. Um, dead in the water, down, what, 11 with seven minutes to go. This feels like a familiar story. I think I've, this feels like a Sunday refrain for me. <laughs> it's like the let's start singing the chorus of down 11, how did the comeback happen? They are legitimately the Undertaker gif <laughs> where he just pops up. I've gotten, I've gotten, I've gotten into a routine. Um, there's a, a Ryan Reynolds. I don't even know what Ryan Reynolds movie it is, but the, there's a they're gift. all the same movie. He's there's the good-looking guy, yeah. and he gets there's the a, girl in the well, end. And everybody Van Wilder, wins. not all the same, yeah, because Van Wilder has hot Tara Reid. That's in it. a good call. Where he where he's got yeah, his, she's no longer that. You're yeah, right. Right. Where he's got his head in his hand, and he's like exasperated, and that's when they get down. The first time they get down 15, I put that one out, and then when they cut it to like five or under, then you, the Undertaker popping up out of the casket. <laughs> Um, and they've, it's clockwork. It is clockwork. (laughs) And it's so funny because you know, when it, when it, when it's last night felt a bit different because they got down for, they're down 14 at halftime. And for the first 12 minutes of the second half, they kept trying to make that push, but never could. They get it to eight and right back to 11. They get it to eight, right back to 10, 11, 12. They get it to eight five times in the second half. They got it to eight. And could never couldn't get any closer. And that's the first where you feel minutes. like this isn't going to happen tonight because yeah. you, you, we we've used up the runs. Yeah, we way too many times we put ourselves in these situations. We've had to go to the well, and the tank is empty. Trey Scott was not playing well. Um, Jaron really up until the run started. Jaron was really the only guy playing somewhat close to well at that at that point, and then Keith Williams. 
gets a steal and a layup. Then Keith Williams hits a three. DR hits a three. Well, Javen Cumberland hits well, a three. Yeah. And then Temple pushes it back to five. Diara hits a three, cuts it to two. And when Diara cut it to two, you had a feeling that they were somehow going to figure out. And there were six but lead it's changes. Still, it's still hard, though, man. It is. That's the part for me is it's – you do use – well, it's funny because so – I was coaching a game last night and then had to go to a wedding. And finally at the wedding reception I was at late, I saw the score pop up. And I didn't have my glasses on. And my wife, I said, what does that say? And I thought I saw, I thought I, I thought I saw but you know that sometimes you see it from afar. Yeah. You're like, that's not right. She goes, uh, Temple 63, Cincinnati 64. And I went, wait a minute, what? They came back and won that thing? Yep. And so I had to start scrolling. I had to get my glasses and look and see. And I saw some highlights of it today. Um, I'm still stuck. I mean, the fact that score popped up because I knew what it was when I got out of my car to go in the reception. I thought they're dead. They're not coming back. This is done. They're, they're, it feels like just one of those nights where it's well, all come to fruition. Trey Scott, the perfect example. As amazing as he's been, did nothing and then gets the big play. But he started out the first segment of the game. He missed three shots, two turnovers, and a foul. How much of that you think was senior night related for him? Quite a bit because I think he had he put a lot of pressure right. on himself to to live up to so i can blame john cause's issues on that too right chuck Coase. Or, it's yeah, john Coase. i can blame his issues on that too right <laughs> yeah or, or no. yeah but everybody will, I, I, I give john so, brandon credit for starting that kid in a game where that you got to win they had to have it yeah and because some coaches don't even start he, a walk-on in a game that it really doesn't matter what you, yes what you didn't see there was a stoppage like 14 seconds into the game where you could have subbed him out, right? He in played theory. Him, he played him two minutes. He played him two minutes. I know. That's pretty gutsy to me. That really, it truly was, is. It was 0-0 zero, zero at the two-minute mark when he came out. Yeah. yeah. But that's the kind of stuff that makes players love coaches. And when coaches yes. demand crazy stuff from them, they'll think nothing twice about yeah. Yeah. go ahead and, and, and be in that. For but usually, for a lot of – for most it doesn't come down to this is the must-win game, right? I mean, right. it does for some on occasion. But, you know, this, this was a must – this wasn't even a – It'd be nice if you want. No, no and I think you'll agree with me. You better win the or win the conference tournament. This, obviously, that's well, yeah, as, yeah. as far as an at-large berth, this, this was, was it. Bubble pop. Yes. Like if you lost to Temple, your bubble popped, and you would have had to have won three games in three days. No doubt. House. No doubt. And which you're capable of, and they got the one C yeah. because of this. If not, they'd have been what the three. Yeah. And they would have probably who would have been the one Houston. Um. I don't even – I never even looked at, at – the multiple tiebreakers? At the, the tiebreakers, if it was just Houston and Tulsa tied. I know they split. Yeah. Tulsa won at Tulsa, Houston won at Houston. It would then go down to – Yeah, however that would have gone out. Right. You, whatever you needed, you needed to be opposite of Houston. Yes. Yeah. Desperately yeah. needed to be opposite of Houston. Yeah. And no, how no. crazy with all the hand-wringing that, as it all shakes out, it's UC that's the number one C because that's all we talked about is Houston all season long. <laughs> that's the part to Incredible. me. Incredible. Is, is – Goofy as this season and the conference season went for Cincinnati, um, it never felt like they were the best team in the league. It never ascended. To, I no, mean, to it me, always it, felt like Houston, Houston was, was the best, the best team, team. And yet they had some goofy losses along the way. And look, as a Cincinnati fan, I get that you're not following everything Houston does. And so on a random Thursday night, you're probably not paying attention. They lost a game they shouldn't have lost. They lost five conference games by 13 points. Yeah, but they still lost them, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And so that that's how they kind of you see got themselves in that mix to get the one seed. Yeah. Now, so that fast forward is fast forwards us to this coming week in the conference tournament. 
as the one seed in the conference champion, because that's what you are. You are a regular season conference champion. It will go up on whatever placard they have. Or whatever they'll get billboard. rings. Yes, they'll get rings, and they deserve I mean, I'm a big believer in you've earned something with that. Did they cut the nets down? Because that was a practice Ooh. John had at Northern Kentucky. Did they? Two different road trips, they came back and cut down the I nets guess they really, in an empty arena. Yeah, they really they didn't know, though, right? They could have came in there today and done it and not told anybody. A little busy today. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good call. You're right. But last night, last night though. But they couldn't have because that's they true, had to. Have, they, it, it was that's required. Re, the requirement was if Wichita State beat Tulsa, that created that's the tie. Right. That created the tie. That's a good point. All right. So John laid his dad to rest yes, today. Yes, for those mm-hmm. that he, he wasn't right. going to come back to Fifth no, Third Arena correct. and, and cut correct. down the nets. I don't think. All right. So Although now, his dad probably would have wanted him to, knowing his he's dad. He's probably really pissed that it didn't happen. Yeah. He would have loved that. <laughs> I know. He would have loved that. So I, I, I stopped by there today, and as I was talking to John, he was like, "Games at four, really, really." My dad would have wanted me how, to watch it. How long it. was the visitation till? It the 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 the, the, the visitation was till six. The service started at six. Okay. Um. So he he but he was like, I think my dad probably would have wanted me to like have my phone. Yeah. As everybody was coming up, just keeping an eye on it, singing singing a hymn and let everybody else sing the hymn, and I'll look at my phone. I, yeah. I, I I do get that part. All right. So, but now that they are the number one seed, yes. I, I think the belief is, how do you keep a conference champion out? That doesn't matter. You and I both know that. But Tulsa's a co-champion, and they are out. Yes, correct. Unless they win yeah, the They've never right. been considered the whole season. No, not, not and they were in the mix the whole not time. Even close. Their right. out-of-conference was dreadful. That's, that's, that's correct. All right, so let, let's then advance this to what does you see now have to do. I think we are all in agreement. You have better, to win one. You have to win one. We're going to play USF or UCF in the, in Friday at one. Yeah, so you have to win that. That gets you then to the UConn. And Wichita I'm, I'm jumping ahead because UConn has a 5-12 game. I believe with Tulane. I think they have a rematch with Tulane, yeah. um, which they just beat today on, on the road. So let's assume because UConn's playing really, really well. The problem with UConn is they are very, very thin right now because they, of injuries. They are, but man, they're playing, they're playing really real, well. I mean, Christian Vital is probably the best player in the conference right now. I don't think the coaches are going to give it to him because UConn's leaving. All right, so let, let, let's put this to the UC. Let's put this to the UC fan. The UC fan that would say, I want to play Wichita again because it's probably going to give us a better win. But you made a point on the sports authority of that could be a play-in game yeah. for the NCAA tournament. And the, the committee likes those. Yes, they do. Now, if UConn beats Wichita, that probably takes Wichita out of the mix if UC as long as they win their game. Only because at that point, it's not – an extra game for Wichita to finally beat UC. UC will have swept Wichita. UConn will have beaten Wichita to get them out before the semifinals of the conference. They would be yeah. in the conference quarters, for goodness sakes. I think that puts UC in a real... I think if I'm a Here's, UC fan, I'm rooting to death for UConn, even though right now I'd rather play Wichita than UConn. Here's the weird thing that that's hard to really know because it's different every year. Every committee is different. Cincinnati's got that outlier. They've got four... Bad losses. losses. Right. We don't know how the committee is going to handle four quad three losses for Cincinnati because ultimately they do have the head to head and they should be in a situation where they're better than better positioned than Wichita, but Wichita's resume is cleaner. Now you could also look at it and say, okay, let's take the top four teams in the American not and- named Wichita. Swept by Houston. Swept by Cincinnati. Yes. Split with Tulsa. Split with UConn. They, of those four, that's eight games. 
They won two. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that's a fair way to evaluate it. I mean, shouldn't head-to-head count for something? Absolutely. I, I mean, that's what I always thought but, it should and did anyway. What they'll say is it's not head-to-head. I get it. I get what you're saying, and I get. I, and you're not speaking for yourself. You're speaking for them. The committee, yeah. I yeah. But I got to think if I'm in that committee room and I'm looking and going, yeah. they beat them twice, guys. I mean, they, that was their two opportunities. And that's where I go back to. I don't want to give Utah the open, or excuse me, Wichita the open door of yeah, playing that last, one more yeah. time, and then they win by, let's say they win by eight. Right. Right? And the two combined wins for UC were, what, three, two? Whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, very minuscule number. And you go, well, yeah, you, those were 50-50 games. And, yeah, you see one of them, but they're still 50-50 games. This game, they were definitively better, so they're definitively in. Right. I, I, well, if I'm a UC fan, man, I'm rooting my ass off for UConn to be the team I play. Yeah. The problem, I mean, it also just feels like it doesn't matter with UC. It's going to come down to the final no, that's right. 30 seconds that's anyway. Right. It, they'll, be I, down, I, they'll be down 11 with 7.03 to go again and come back and win on a Javen, Javen Cumberland three from the wing. I, I, and we'll go, how did that just happen, right? Well, and and. <laughs> At some point, that expiration is going to happen. You just can't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But it just seems like, man, you're playing with fire when you when when that's your mo. But they're the same team that leads by eight and blows the eight point lead on the road, nothing, right? That, I, that, there's it, nothing easy. I I, I I joked with my t-shirt guy last night that we needed to print the shirts that just say never, ever, easy. Yeah, it's it, not up by fifteen. Never easy. No. Down by fifteen. Never easy. Never no easy. lead no. is safe. No lead is safe. I mean, both both ways. <laughs> it, it has been. No deficit is too big. No lead is safe. It has been as wild a season as I can ever remember. And I, I've been around a lot of UC basketball seasons. This one, oh man. I mean, think think about it. Since the start of February, the seven games in February, four of them went to overtime. Right. One of those was double overtime. The other three were decided at the buzzer. Yeah. And then they open at Houston, get beat fairly soundly. Um, but they go to USF. But even the Houston game was, I mean, it was, it was close a couple until, possession yeah. games for the last, to the last six minutes, yeah. seven minutes, yeah. And then they go to USF. They get down big. They come back. They win on the road. And then they the, this game, the USF game, if you look at the box score, they won by 12. Everybody's going to be like, oh, well, that was cakewalk. Right. No, they were down by 13 yeah. with 13 to go. It's it's been a it's been a hell of a ride, and, and yet through all that, and while I know there's some consternation among the fan base of John Brandon and can he get the job done, and boy, he hasn't done as much. And, as and you know what? Have. That's kind of gone away. But okay, that's good because when you push comes to shove, right or wrong, whether you like how it happened or not, they did wind up winning the conference championship. Yeah. Now it doesn't get them in the NCAA tournament yet, and that's still the measuring stick for everybody and every program and every coach and every fan base. But through all of all of this, through all of new coach head to head with Jaron. Not having a lot of weapons and not winning, you know, having every game be coming out of the wire. You still won the title. Still get a ring. How about three years ago? They went 16-2 and two and finished second. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, that's a good <laughs> SMU point. SMU went 17-1. and one. That's a good point. Well, you talked before the year, though. We all thought this was a deeper league. I don't think it was a better league, right? Because well, you're only going to get two teams in max, right? Max. I mean, two yeah, teams and max. a chance one. Yeah. And a couple years ago, three years ago, whatever, what was the year they had, what, got five, four, four or five? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. But. It is deeper. It doesn't have what it what it has done the past couple of years is it's had two elite teams, right? And then a, a significant drop off to everybody else. 
Now, one through five. I'll go through UConn right now. The way Memphis. UConn's playing, and Memphis too. Good point. Just one on the, just on the, 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 they have a guy. They yeah. have they have the best player in the league. And one they through could six. Have had two. Right. Correct. Minus Tulsa because they stink. I don't know how. No, I'll give. But you got to give them credit for what they did. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know how right. they did it. No, you're right. I have no. Uh, beat well, the teams you're supposed to beat. Well, that yeah. And they, beat some of the better teams at well, home. At home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still I can't get the the game at UC out of my head, where you see just absolutely killed them. boat racing. Killed them. I mean, and, and Wichita did that today. One of the, one of the rare easy wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they killed them today. Yeah. They, uh, Tulsa had a lot on the line. Now, so did Wichita, obviously, to keep their yeah. season But Tulsa alive. could have been the number one seed. No question. Outright conference champions, which Correct. would have been probably the most stunning thing that's happened since no the doubt. conference was started. No doubt. Um, and it's been a running joke. Justin Williams, my, my buddy from the, the Athletic, athletic that covers UC. Um, every time Tulsa plays here, he's like, is this the last time I'm going to see Frank Haith? <laughs> and then they go and they they tie for the conference championship. But when they got he after the beating them by thirty one at the beginning of the conference season, he was like, question. "That's it. That, yeah. that guy's done. We're yeah. never seeing him him around here again." He survived it. All right, so I'll ask you the same question I asked Rick. Um, the team to beat in the conference tournament is Houston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing will be though, they have been a completely different team away from home. Um, they are still young. And they have two freshmen that they rely on very heavily that have had some games like they've had today. Now, they still managed to win today. But Caleb Mills, I think, was 0 for 14. And and Marcus Sasser was 1 of 8. And those are their two. And that was at home. Yeah, that's at home. Those are their two top guns. And you're going to, when you get into this thing, you're going to be playing. And they've got the tougher half of the bracket, I think. Yeah, into the quarters, I think you're going to get good matchups. You get some of the yeah. other, definitely the semis. I think you're going to end up having a pretty chalky yeah. semis. I think you're going to get Houston, Memphis, and then Cincinnati. Cincinnati and the and, UConn, and, and UConn, UConn which, Wichita, yeah. yeah. Which, which either one. I, I, I'm taking Memphis over Tulsa. I'll be surprised. Yeah, I agree with that. No, I agree semis. with that. So, so then that comes to, uh, and Rick picked the dark horse on his own very quickly. Uh, if I were to give you a dark horse, I'm not asking for the Tulane UCF line of the dark horse. Is Memphis kind of the dark horse just because they've got a guy? Yeah, I I, I want to say UConn. But See, I, I want to say UConn too. I really worry about the fact that I think they've got seven or eight right now, and four in four days. Is Christian Vital Kimba Walker? Is he Shabazz Napier? Probably not, but. But then again, we didn't. But you don't need to didn't. be that for the for the NCAA tournament, right? You need to just be that for this yeah, tournament. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see exactly how that plays out because by the time they get to the semis, they're going to be pretty gassed. But you can also they've they've been on kind of an emotional run. Their coach is like him or guy. not is an, an emotional guy, guy, and you can they seem to be responding to it right now, right? Look, I I get why fans don't like Danny. I, I know I am insanely biased because he's a friend of mine. But how could you not love playing for Danny Hurd? No, I think he, I, I got no problem with him. I mean, he, he pushes them and pushes them and pushes them and pushes them. I love right. it. And to see the way he just behaves on the sideline and gives all that energy, how can he say, give me energy like I'm right. doing, and they right. say no? Because, right. you know, the old thing is I'm not asking you to do anything I don't already do myself. Right. So he, yeah, that, that I, guy is something else. I fully get why fans hate him, why opposing fans hate him. I get it. it, it it's it's you know it's out way over the top at times. He's calmed down a little bit, I think. Um, but like, 
You have to be true to yourself, man. If that's what you are, you're that's a passionate he, guy. Yeah. That's what his father was. His yeah. father was that way. You know, and and it, it's crazy, too, because he is the quietest, nicest human off the floor. Like, the, the, the switch flips completely when I get he's it. not competing. Yeah. Dude, I get it. But you're a maniac on the floor <laughs> and off the floor. No, I'm really not as much on the floor yeah. like, because... You just you feel like whatever energy you can give your team makes a difference. It probably doesn't, but you believe that, and you hope yeah. your kids believe that, right? Well, and yeah. kids, especially in this generation, they can weed out fake. Yes. And they know if you're fake or not, and obviously, <laughs> love it or not, Danny Hurley's not And that's fake. where I, you know, everybody gets mad at coaches who are even calm. If that's your demeanor and you're successful doing that, that's fine. That's a, I got and, no problem with and, a guy doing that. And here's just the, be true to yourself. Here's the other thing. If you're UConn, you have to feel pretty good about it, too, because you avoided Houston. Right, that's right. You that's know? a good point. I mean, you, you got to feel like this kind of broke your way. I think a if they bit. lost it to Lane today, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I saw on the they broadcast the, the seven seed. I think they would have been the seven would loss um, to, to Lane. I think that was on automatic. I think it, a lot depended on they did have been a six depending on the Tulsa game how yeah, that went. Yeah. But then the win got into the five seed line. So yeah, that gets you in a good spot. If you were the seven, guess who you were going to play in yeah. in the quarters? Yeah, you would play the two seed. That would have been Houston. Now you get Wichita, which. Yeah. I think if you're if you're UConn, you feel, you feel pretty great. good about playing Wichita. I think you feel great, sure. and you've played Cincinnati close, yeah. so you feel pretty good about that. Like, and then you wouldn't have to to sweat Houston until the finals. Yeah, but I will like, I, and I know it's been pretty um, pretty easy to bag on Penny because of the, you know them not performing at the level that that people expected. They screwed up big time. In, in the way that they handled the Wiseman situation. Because well, if they would have handled it right, they would have had him nine games into the season. Well, I don't right. know. That's, that's, and, and that's the way you should have handled yeah, it. Yeah, and I don't know why people are bagging on Penny because I think that guy's done a fantastic job. Well, that's what I was going to get to. They are number one in the country in field goal percentage defense with the youngest team in the country. And that's Do you, you know how hard no, that is? And that's where you go back to on a neutral floor where shooting can be an iffy yeah. thing. You add that dynamic into that, that makes them a pretty good dark horse. It does. I'm with you on the UConn because I just I think they're playing great right now. I, I, I want to take I, I'm taking that momentum and saying that's the team. I, I really As a dark horse. Yeah, I, I really think Penny has done an outstanding job. And I think they are the one team athletically that matches up with Houston. Yeah, and I think it's gonna be as long as he stays the coach, I think it's gonna be that way because he has implemented an NBA system. It's almost as if it's an NBA organization as far as how they do their day-to-day business, how they do their training, and, trust and me, things in like Memphis, that. You can go recruit. And in, in, in Memphis, yeah, you don't have long. to leave town, maybe, to bring dudes in. I, Even I, though, if you want to bring a guy in from Nashville, now that might be a problem, I, as I, we found out. It's a drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I truly believe that in the beginning, I was very skeptical. I was I think not sure. Was but seeing him up close and hearing him speak. Mm-hmm. And and the way that his teams have played and the toughness that they've shown, I'm in on Penny. I, hey. I think he's got the chops to be a really, really good college coach long term. Look, I, you know, and what what kid if he comes into your living room wouldn't want to play for Penny Hardaway, right? And, and Especially the, in that town. And they, the thing know, I'll give him, look, a lot of people can coach AAU, right? I mean, yeah. you just go start your own organization, and he's a name. But he went coach high school ball too. And won three state titles. Well, that's not easy to do. I mean, even right. if you have dudes, that's still a hard thing to do. There's a lot of dynamics. And I think everybody knows the backstory. He jumped into it to kind of fill in for his buddy. Yep. When and they were in middle school. Sick. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys have seen the ESPN oh, yeah, Plus docu, yeah, uh, docu-series, yeah. I think they're called. 
fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, you're right. I think the one mistake he made was the biggest mistake and how they dealt with Dick James Wiseman. They should have just sat him, yeah. said, okay. Yeah. yeah. Take our I mean, I love early. the fact he was Anyone belligerent, but it backfired on him clearly. Big, big time. All right, let's move to Kentucky. Where, um, Ooh, buddy. <laughs> no, no Ashton Hagens. Oh. The guards don't shoot the ball great. I'm trying to figure out. Richards about, was awful. Talk about it. How do you win a game? How did well, they win that game? Down 18 in the second half. Correct. Right. On the road. Well, Richards against was, a desperate team. He was awful in the first half. Yeah. He came to play. I don't know what was said in that halftime speech, but uh, he came back and played very well in that second half. But that's what they absolutely needed. I mean, quickly fouls out with about 10 minutes left to go in the game. Maxie can't throw one in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Maxie can't make a shot. We, we Higgins to, isn't even there. Yeah, we talked about their point guard rotation. And it just uh, blew all three up. of them were crap. And it blew up, obviously, in one day. And that was the game before yeah. a, a, against Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll end up talking about that as a separate issue uh, with Ashton Higgins. Yeah, but, we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that's later. a one that um, – that game, you talk about one you needed. And it was the exact opposite scenario as the Tennessee game. Completely. They blew I mean, a lead. To lose, and then they galvanized together to overcome a deficit and uh, win it with the only lead of the game on a tip-in with whatever it was, 11 seconds. So, it it was a very long day yesterday. We had spring football practice in the morning, and then the game at 8 o'clock last night. So, I came home. I got a little bit of work done to cap off the day at spring football practice. I had a couple hours before going back, and I'm like, I can, I, can get a, I can get an hour in here, a little power nap. They're down 18. There's no point right. in So Woke up and saw the final score? Did you no, I, I woke up and heard the final, like, 30 like thirty seconds left. Kentucky's down. It was like. So you saw the tip in and saw yeah. the missed free throw yeah. and then saw the. It was a wide open, pretty good look. It was clean. Deep. Low. It was, it was deep, it went, but it was clean. It was bounce, bounce yeah. off. It was deep, but it was clean. Um. They got 29 points, though, from Johnny Juzang, Keon Brooks, Nate Sestina. So I want to do this separately from Ashton Higgins because we'll get to Ashton Higgins in a second. Let's just assume moving forward, and I think this is probably the wrong assumption because I think they'll kiss and make up and Ashton Higgins will be back, back for the SEC tournament. Yeah. But if he's, let's just say it's a game or two, still more. Can you expect no. that kind of performance from those three guys? Now, I say that, and maybe you don't need it if Maxie shoots better and right. quickly plays better and Richards plays better in a half. But if they don't, you need those guys to do what they did on Saturday. I'm just not sure how you'd get that moving forward. Well, I think it's highly unlikely that the three of them do it on the same night, but it is likely that each one can have their night because it seems like that's the way it's been this year. It's been a different guy for the most part. I mean, it's always – And those three guys are one guy to me. They're the collective other guy. Yeah, and that's fair, you know, but uh, those guys all stepped up. And, I mean, they've they've talked about we need Brooks to to finally get to that level. We need Juzang to just be a shooter, and we just need Sestina to just be a little bit more than a mid major player and that all happened yesterday so like I said I don't think it will all be at the same time where they combine for 29 points but I think one of those three guys on a night-to-night basis will probably well they have to step up but I think they will all right so let's go to Ashton Hagens I'll start with you Chad what do you make of this I know I'm asking you this from afar but we all followed enough is this a kid having a meltdown is this a kid um that just needs a few days away and they all need a little bit away from each other to realize how much they need each other. And does this end well? I think in a lot of ways, the strength that we have been talking about for Kentucky has to be really difficult internally 
Because when have you ever seen a three-point guard system before? Right, right. Point guards are point guards. Like Alpha dog. How many times have I talked about on this podcast, There, yes, there is such a thing as positionless basketball, but that doesn't exist without a point guard. Yeah, you have to, that's the starting. You better have one of yeah. those. You like, can do anything else with the other four spots. You right. better have you a point guard. You better have a point guard. And those guys want the ball. And if you want UC's main issue, what don't they have? They don't have a point guard. They don't have a point guard. Like, Not a bunch of positionless guys. Right. No point guard. So, I think it can... I'll trade, I'll trade Hagens for Jaron Cumberland straight up. You want to make that deal right now? Can, can we trade Maxi for nope. Cumberland straight? Uh, maybe. He's not on the quickly, trading block. You're, quickly, you're and not going to. And give me a 2021 recruit to be named later. Wait a minute. Right, Higgins we'll is clearly the one on the trading block, so don't try to, <laughs> don't try to change <laughs> that's, the, that's the narrative here. Um, can I get Can I get Higgins and maybe. So you don't reach more. No, if, if it's going to be Cumberland's better than Higgins. Yeah, but they need a point guard more than Kentucky needs a, another. Yeah, but wing. I'm going to need one of that trio of guys you just talked about in Sestina. That's fair. Juzang and Brooks. That's, a good, that's, pro- <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably. Or maybe one of those five Freds that he refuses to put in a game who you never know you could go. help yeah. you in take, spot minutes somewhere. Kenny Payne's kid. I'll give you Kenny Payne's kid. <laughs> Maybe that? not him, but, uh, you know, if Dante but, Allen were ever to be healthy. Does this end well? I think it ends well. I think it'll be fine. I, I think this is I think this is part of something that Cal has to manage every year, and I think it happens but probably. Wow, what, but what a weird time to manage it, right? It, yeah. it happens behind the scenes every year, and mm-hmm. we don't really hear about it. This one, because of the video yeah. of him – Give me the ball. Give me to, the ball. To it's, Richards. It's point blank. Give it me There's the not even ball. one of those ones where you're like, did you dub that? Was that was that fake? Yeah. Am I reading his lips wrong? No. 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 And 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 I think that blew it up. And I think from there, something kind of had to be done the next game. Like I don't you can't just ignore it, I don't think. But I think a little bit of time away, usually Hearts grow fonder. Yeah, well, that and you realize. But but how much then do you go in without him and you go, buddy? Or maybe that's a good thing. Maybe in the end of the day, that's the good thing of. We're down, buddy, eight, we're we're down just, 18. And we just won without you. You yeah. want to be a part of this or not? You want yeah. to do it our way or not? And if you think Quickly's the problem, you know, because of his ascension has coincided with your decline, well, they won without him too. Yeah, I mean, right. So with, with there's the other guys out there. Clearly, you don't want to start playing with six guys. Not when it matters here shortly. But, it, but yeah, everybody has to to get together on this. And John Calipari's done a great job of, of fixing this. I know that um, a couple years ago, Briscoe was kind of a pain in his ass. And they eventually – and that was another year, I think, there was a three-guard system right. where they all thought they were point guards, and Briscoe was the one. Briscoe was a pain in the ass. Yeah, he's but, a pain he, in the but ass. But on top of it <laughs> – you know, yeah. yes, pain in the ass, but that was kind of essentially the same issue. And then the Ryan Harrow thing, I think they tried to fix that, yeah, but that a, kid legitimately had a nervous breakdown. He had a legitimate nervous breakdown. And yeah. that's my first concern when this happened with Hagens is, is this the start of one of those? Yeah, I, I don't think it's that. And I don't think so either, but I don't but, know if you've heard the latest that happened today where somebody had screenshotted a Snapchat picture of a Snapchat story of Hagens with a – a handful of money saying you always got to have that shoebox of money spare oh, like dumb boy. like kids do but it all boils down to it's probably just nothing I just stop, but it's guy. the decision making process right. that goes into this guy's brain wow i mean that's your leader that's yeah, your nuts. point guard good point yikes um but I don't think that second thing that I just brought up today, no one really thinks where there's smoke, there's fire. It's right, just it's just fodder for other teams' fan bases to throw at you. But again, 
man, you're at Kentucky. You can't do those kind of things because everybody is ready to pounce when no you doubt. do dumb stuff. And he just had already hadn't even gotten out of the doghouse for the previous dumb stuff he'd just done this week. So those are things that are got to be fixed. But if anybody can, it's it's Calipari. I don't know how he does it. I mean, you talk about a salesman. Teflon that dog, could, baby. He's a guy that could sell a gym membership to a dying man. Skinny wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it. But skinny is far from dying. No one has done less Look with more. Him. There how, it is. How far? Close. It's closing in. How far is he really? The doors Look are closing in. Look yeah. at him. All right. The loss to Tennessee probably cost Kentucky a chance at a two-seed line. Probably. But the win against Florida salvages at a minimum a five-slash-four. So we talk you really about. think they fall to a five because of the Tennessee loss? No, no. I said the win over Florida salvages being a five. Sliding back okay. to a yeah, five yeah, seed yeah. line. Yeah, I, yeah. No, no, no. The loss to Tennessee, four, yeah. yeah, at the mic, but losing to Florida on top of yeah. that. Three sounds probably right. If you go deep or go to the finals or go to the semis or where do it you need to go? It depends on what happens. Yeah, I know. Okay, that's fair. That's right. Um, three sounds about right for this team, but a four wouldn't shock me. Right. Um, I think it's funny that, you know, they're probably fighting with the most. But at the edge of that three four line is Louisville. Yeah, and you've got and the head to head. And Louisville lost to Virginia. Right, and you've got the head to head. Head to head. I mean that that to me speaks volumes. To be honest with you, I know it was an old head to head. I know it was overtime, but <laughs> who does? If, if I'm splitting, if it, if you're the bottom of a three seed line, and the other team's the top of a four seed line, I got to use something as a criteria to bust you, right? Yeah. Well, there's my criteria for you. All right, let's do the same thing in the SEC tournament. The team to beat is is it still Kentucky? Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's split a with lot. Auburn's Kentucky Auburn. I'm not. I can't count LSU in the mix. I can't count uh, yeah. Florida in the mix. I can't. probably just Kentucky and Auburn. I was going to see if I could talk myself into Auburn. either one of those two, but Mississippi I don't. State I can't throw. But in the Auburn mix. has limped to the finish line as well. Yeah, but they still got enough dudes. We, they, I mean, they they, they they can go from limp to run quickly, really fast. Well, that's, that's a good. Now's point. the time to figure that out. Do you have a dark horse? And that man, that's a that's a. There's a lot of teams in that. There's a lot of teams in that eleven to seven to down to Arkansas seven and eleven number. Believe it or not, do you know that Texas A and M? Can I? I'm putting you on the spot on this. I know that. Do you know what they finished record wise in the league? I didn't believe it until I looked it up today. I would have never believed this. Ten and eight. Ten and eight. I would have never that guess? ever believed it. Great. Would you believe? I mean, did you know that, or did you guess it? I guessed it completely. Yeah. Guessed. Would you ever believed it? No, I would have guessed something way worse. Seven and eleven. If you didn't phrase the question yeah, the way right. you did, right? I might have even gone six and twelve. Yeah, that's my point. I mean, so they've kind of ascended, and um, I, I don't know why I've liked this team, and maybe I like Musselman too much because they because the just the way they. Ca- I love that Nevada team. I thought they were just fun. I know it sucks. I know it sucks, but you okay. You, every just, UC fan just clicked off of this I'm sorry. podcast. I, that team was fun to watch. You got to admit they were fun to watch. I did not have fun watching them. I no, you, I know you didn't. Um, Jesus, but Arkansas. Thanks for downloading. Know, sorry about Thanks for the sorry. click. All right, let's go to let's just go to Arkansas as a team. Let's skip off Nevada. I like him as a coach. A and I do think they have good parts. That they do. That could get. They're always very tournament. athletic. Yeah, and they've they've got some they've got some. Because I can't. Okay, here's here's the teams you could look at. Because um, they're 7-11, Missouri 7-11, I can't make a case. Alabama 8-10, and 10, two way too no. inconsistent, rely too yeah. much on the And John shot. Petty's hurt. Yeah, John Petty's back, hurt. but he's Tennessee's 9-9, nine and, nine and they've got some nice wins like Kentucky, like Florida at home, but then they just got uh, they're not they just winning, get boat raced. They're not, they're not winning 3-3. Three three. Yeah. Well, actually, 4-4-4 four four. Four, four, four for them probably. They're not winning 4-4. Four four. A&M, 
I told you they're ten. Do you know South Carolina finished ten and eight? Yeah, I do. That, that's that's crazy. And they just and, had a bad loss last not, night against uh, Vanderbilt. Correct. Their correct. Was dreadful. Dreadful. South Carolina. Dreadful. They lost to Wofford or Furman or one of those. Uh, maybe both. Maybe yeah, both. Maybe both. Maybe both. Mississippi State eleven seven. Now Florida, I can make a case for. Now you consider them a dark horse or not? It's another story, but I can make a case for they them. Just, they don't do anything for me this year. And, and I like Mike White. I do. And it felt like they had a couple of early losses. They were like, how'd that happen? Well, they'll fix it. They'll get better. They just didn't. Yeah. And they well, never did. And right. Blackshear didn't turn out to be the difference maker, and he got hurt yesterday as yeah. well. Yeah, so that was a guy that Kentucky thought they had. I was and never a big Blackshear He guy. would have been what they feel like is the difference maker. Probably. But he's at Florida, and he really didn't become that difference maker. No, you're maker. right. You're right. It's good, not great. What's that? He was good, not great. Good, not great. And Sestina is... Average, good, not good. Good, not bad. <laughs> Average, not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. All right, uh, final thing for uh, for you guys. Brady Labor, you got a final take? Yeah, I want to thank uh, Jed Demusi for putting this thought into my head. Um, let's talk about the Northern Kentucky University women's team. Uh, shout out to Cameron Whitaker. Who would have thought a year ago at this time when it looked like her whole world was crumbling around her that Allegations she would have abuse. 20 wins and be two wins away from an NCAA tournament bid? Incredible. Uh she figured out a way uh, to, you know, to survive this. Uh, obviously, for those who – the one or two people who don't know, there was abuse allegations uh, brought up against her. Uh, there, in, honestly, in the student newspaper. In the student newspaper. Um, and it was precipitated by one of the players writing a blog post on the ride home from their last game of the season. And, of course, that was an outgoing senior – and uh, it, it was precipitated by her, but a lot of folks that had already left the program had, you know, players, former players, had said, yeah, that was me too, you know, kind of a me too thing, and uh, started an investigation, which most times, you know, universities are just going to fire a team first you're and fired, worry about the consequences. You're not games, you're and you're easily pi- fired. You're piling up, you know, eight and nine win seasons uh, throughout a, a once-proud program too that Nancy Winstall, who built it, is sitting in the stands watching, and they had even solicited her to try to help Cameron, and that somehow didn't work, which I don't know how that didn't, but clearly her help was not welcomed after a period of time. And, you know, and it was deemed – and what the, the final result of the investigation, just to kind of tie a bow on it, they said, well, what those kids accused her of happened. It's just not abuse. Right. And it's what we would all co – Called good coaching, the us old school oh, yeah. guys, oh, yeah. especially you, oh, Mister yeah. Run my daughter up the steps oh, yeah. for back talking uh, <laughs> and down <laughs> and down, yeah. Um, so, back up. but Ken bought off. Ken bought off the the AD. He Rebound stuck Tyree with her. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Ken bought off stuck with her, and they circled the wagons. And again, a Two really away from an NCAA a really light roster too. Um, they don't. I think they only have ten kids that dress. And really, only eight of them play because two of them are, are have have been injured virtually all season. And you look at that team; they're all the same player. None of them, except maybe Ali Neese, you would call a dude. And Ali Neese, quite frankly, is playing with one leg. Yeah, I wouldn't and, call any of them a dude. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a, good a dudette, yeah, I think, dudette. is the dudette's the, the correct word. Like but you don't have a single kid on that team except for Ali Neese in the last two like, weeks. You, that you say, "Go get a bucket." Yeah, go yeah. get me a bucket now. I dare you. And. They've somehow figured it out, and they have taken advantage of the fact that that league, especially at the bottom half, is not very good, but they weren't always getting those wins before. No doubt. They were one of those teams. Last year, the second half of the conference season, they improved and put themselves in a position where, like, oh, wow, look at the improvement there. 
But uh, and that was after a bad non-conference. But yeah, they figured it out. And after a slow start, because Allie Nice and Taylor Close, two starters, were hurt. Two local kids and two local kids who came together as like seventh graders and said, "We're going there. Don't stop recruiting us." Man, to, to see them at twenty wins and the first time in Division One history. I mean, that's incredible. Say what you want about her and how you feel about her coaching style or her results. And even I know she's polarizing because of her dad, Mac Whitaker, as well. Let's not, you know, sugarcoat that as well. There's a lot of folks that don't like her because they don't like Mac. Yeah, for those who don't know, he's a longtime baseball, baseball coach, coach in, in, Harrison in, in, County. in Harrison County. Maybe uh, the all-time ruffles a, he, lot he, of ruffles a lot of feathers. He will, well, he will. Uh, I think he's got maybe a season and a half to, to get to, to that Bill record. Miller, yeah. Um, three-time state champion, over a 1,000 wins. So, yeah, there's a lot that is kind of tilting against her. But, man, she has just figured out a way. And congratulations to her. And uh, talk about sending the haters home, yeah. you know. And and right now, anything she does past today is gravy, in my opinion. And who knows? She might go get her a win or two up there in Indianapolis, and we could be going to her selection show watch party. Yeah, there you Interesting go. Interesting stuff. By the way, Mac Whitaker coached the greatest name of all time, Nucci. Varner, go look him up. He played in the Reds organization. Yep. Harrison County kid, yep. Nucci Varner. That's a better name than Peter Jerkin. Mm, not as good as Billy Wampler. <laughs> Billy Wampler. <laughs> Billy Wampler tops it all. All right, you Peter, got a final Peter, thought? Peter Jerkins. That's pretty good too. I think good. they're all on the list. By the way, yes. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take up for my, for my, my, the guy I'm in his seat. I'm so sick of Joe Stupid Lenardi. Watching what ESPN does. In the like, especially from the beginning of this week through about Thursday or Friday of next week is appalling. He's he's sliding teams up and down. He has Xavier out right now. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. Well, that's not. That's not. And, and Rick's dead on. You know why he has Xavier out, right? He is on a crusade this year that if you are under five hundred in conference, oh, that's the, you okay. do not belong in the yeah. tournament. It's, it's a good his, crusade. Um, anymore, it's not though. But no, that was tongue in cheek. Okay, but to watch the way that he tries to manipulate the conversation, and, and he's one, he's bad as a bracketologist, and two, it is nothing more than than video clickbait. It's nothing more than than bad social media content, and guys like us that work in this business have to deal with his irresponsibility and laziness and and clickbait mentality and and i i the clickbait stuff just drives me absolutely nuts that's why i'll be honest i mean bracket matrix is so good yeah because it's such an amalgamation of so many it's not 1000 percent accurate but it takes because you can see yeah. the high of some and you Jamoke can know the people that are the best they're number two it. and they put them number eight and yet the amalgamation though is usually pretty close right. i mean it really is and that's why i love that's why i think it's great but it, what espn does with him is ridiculous and to give that guy who is not good at his job there's 108 people or whatever it is doing it doing it he is like 54th over the last four years he's not good but what he does here's how here's the here's pull back the curtain here's the trick he's nate sestina he's nate sestina exactly <laughs> he's chris mcneil there you go there you go he's quentin gooden Ooh. spread it around Ooh, that hurts I'll pull back the curtain for you on what he what he's doing. There's no consequence for the crap that he's putting out right now. And the way this team, 
these two teams lost, but they move up, and that team won, and they're out. Right. But around Friday, he'll tighten it up, and then he'll start working towards what he really is going to submit as his actual bracket. Correct. Correct. But he knows there's no consequence for being as wrong as he's going to be over these 10 days. Well, I'll tell you is to play devil's advocate to that is this is not a final guess, right? No, no, no. But it, the way, like, he's updating it six times a day. Oh, I know that. And he's he's just jerking around with where he's put. We're, we're moving this team here. We're moving that team there. And it's it, it's just Archie Miller was right. Did you see that? I, did, I heard about it. I did not see it. I've heard it was gold. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Archie Miller just crushing Joe Lenardi. The thing is, though, as a coach, those guys don't have influence over the over the committee. They don't. No. They, they, they over the general public, yes, but over over the committee, no. So, no, I but he's 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 standing up for his guys. Oh, I get that. Yeah, that, you're right. That's that's true. I just it, it it it's so irritating because there are some people you're you're getting the the farther along we go, you're getting to a point where people are are starting to realize the way that ESPN manipulates all this. For attention, sure. Which that's part of it. Oh, I, that's part, that's their job, sure. But it's annoying on the back end because it, it's not genuine. It's not. He doesn't believe ninety percent of the crap. He I, he even came out last week and said, you know, a lot of he, he spends too much time on TV and not enough time working bracketing. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that, buddy. Yeah. That kind of pays your bill. Yeah, it does pay your bills. In case you're wondering. But. Uh, and every year, like you know, Jerry Palm uh, is another one that he's on. He's got CBS. He still is married to the RPI because yes. it's his system. Yeah. Yes. So his his bracket almost is completely irrelevant. I think he's eighty second out of a hundred. And all of a sudden, Mike DeCourcy is picked to do one out of nowhere. It's yeah, just, I, I, I because think, everybody. I think, Mike, I think Mike tries to be fair. Yeah, right. I think he does. But too. it's just the point is, is everybody has to have one because Lenardi was first, right? right. Or right. was Jerry Palm yeah. first? Either way, no, Lenardi. Was Lenardi. First. I think Palm might have been doing brackets first. Lenardi was but more well. But Lamar, Lenardi got Lenardi's ESPN. He's on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, he literally does a bracket like the day the tournament ends for the for following year. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I recall he had UC as a three seed. No, I don't even remember. I don't remember had, either. Yeah, I don't but remember either. I, it, it just it gets so tiresome to watch them push their agendas and, and you know, play and toy with the public on something that's well, not accurate. If the public wouldn't fall for it, you wouldn't have to deal that's with it. That's why I'm trying to educate trying them, to educate the people, <laughs> right. Brady. But I, I'm I using my voice to educate the people. But I thought you masses. had a message board for that. Or are they not He's listening got, to you either? Any, any, this, kind, of, any uh, kind of format yeah. is you, Correct. Because, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. But that's the thing. The reason guys like Joe Lenardi get over on people is because people aren't smart enough not to let to themselves let them get, over. get over. No yeah. question. No question. It's annoying. All right, boys. Next week we'll be back. It'll be selection Sunday. Well, how, how are we going to do it this year? What's the what's the plan? Are we'll, we? We'll figure it out. Facebook living the selection we, show. We never know. I mean, it could be the most anticipated anticipated selection. selection show in the four years that we have been doing this because we could be careening towards Xavier towards Cincinnati Denver. in Dayton or, or both out or both out and playing in the first game of the NIT. Yeah, that would be they would be both be number one, right, one seeds one probably. Two seeds. That's a good point. That's a good call. Right. You don't want that. You don't, you don't want that. <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out. We will be back for Selection Sunday. For Rick Roaring, who's in Indianapolis, appreciate him joining us on the phone. For my man Chad Brendel and for Brady Labor, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition.